Hello and welcome to Case Reopened, your number one Detective Canon Rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Shreese, and I am joined by the lovely Colleen today. How are you, Colleen? Pretty good. So, wait a minute. Why are we the number one Detective Conan Rewatch podcast again? Because we're the only ones dumb enough to do this. That's right. <laughs> and thankfully, that has given us some lovely listeners, and we want to thank everybody. We launched our Patreon earlier this week. So we want to thank everybody who has supported us, even those of you freeloaders that haven't supported us. We still are thankful that you're listening to us. We have two episodes up already. There's the Case Closed rewatch of episode one of the English dub. And then we dive into Yaiba, which is uh, a crazy series by Gesho Oyama. That's kind of Dragon Ball-like, and we'll we'll see how all that goes. Is it? And we're starting a Magic Kaido podcast. Yeah, that was easy. We, we beat our first goal, which was $50. So we'll be starting a Magic Kaido podcast, and all it takes is $5 to subscribe. Call it. Are you excited yeah. to do all this? Uh, Yeah, but... Uh... You should probably sound more enthused. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so blown away by the reception of the patreon like just the fact that people are still listening to us is amazing and now that we have patrons and now that we're gonna do you know three bonus podcasts it's just so amazing overwhelming and humbling so i'm very thankful at this point thank you all yeah you do sound overwhelmed you're not gonna have like a hot flash on air are you no i don't think i'm old enough for that <laughs> okay well never never can know about you canadians Oh, right. We're we're a different species, aren't we? I do want to thank the uh, six people that have already joined the Patreon by the time we are recording this week. So a shout out to Ryan Self, who was the very first person to jump on the Patreon. And he did a big $25, so we'll be having him on the podcast soon. He's Phantom Thief, Colin. That's, uh... <laughs> Not everyone can uh, claim to have that title, so... Good for you, Ryan. Ryan Self, exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, so other shout-outs go to Big Chief Mason, also Phantom Thief tier, uh, devoted listener William Lee, who got all caught up despite starting the podcast just uh, pretty recently. Think about that dedication. He got through like 80 episodes, just like that. Wow. I wish I could get through all the episodes of Conan just like that. Then we have Big Jeffrey. Shout out to Jeffrey. $25. You know Jeffrey, don't you? No, not really. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, he's on our Twitter. He, he, he tweets at us. I like okay. Jeffrey. Okay. Shout out to Jeffrey. Uh, then we have Len. He's a detective boy. And then we have John Anderson, also a detective boy. Uh, John's one of my friends. So okay. Shout out! To, we we should have John on sometime. He'd be fun. I bet he's never watched an episode of Conan in his life. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so all he knows about the show is from listening to this podcast. Oh, I doubt he listens. Oh my but, god. <laughs> <laughs> but he's showing support, and really, that's all that matters. What is he a saint? Oh, he's got a lot of money, but. Uh, he <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. I used to do an OC podcast with him. You know the the hit teenage drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, you can still find it. it's still up there. It's thebro c dot com. Good stuff. The Bro C podcast. Yeah, I think I listened to an episode. Oh uh, yeah, you, you know how this is weekly. 
that shit was never never even monthly. It was uh <laughs> here's the last three episodes. April fourteenth, twenty eighteen, June nineteenth, twenty nineteen, March twenty seventh, twenty twenty. Okay. So this is and, an opportune time to plug that podcast. Yeah. So and I think there's still like an episode or two that's been recorded that he hasn't edited and put up. So that was the problem. I'm not I'm just gonna shit all over John, our lovely patron here. <laughs> He did all the editing, and he's busy, so it don't always take like forever for him to actually edit. Shout out to you, John. Maybe we'll get the bro seat back together here at some point, but shout out to that. Oh, Very good episode. Tyler, you don't have enough to do at the moment. I do want to finish the OC. I've never actually finished the OC. I was like the Kyle there. I'd never seen it. <laughs> I mean, it, was, it was getting real good in season two. I never finished it. No right. OC spoilers, please. All right, well... Our lovely listeners have that to look forward to now. All I know is that in season four, he becomes an MMA fighter for some reason, which is really funny to me. So, But uh, shout, out to, <laughs> shout out to our patrons, shout out to uh, the Bro-C, and shout out to the OC. That's what I got to say. So, I guess we'll uh, talk about Detective Conan now. I guess. Uh, we're covering a two-parter this week, episode 144 and 145 of the anime, the North Star number three express, leaving Ueno. How about that, Colin? That's a mouthful. Yeah, it's, I don't think the it's too bad the the dub didn't go this far. It'd probably be like train leaves or something. I don't know. It'd probably have some pun. I don't know. Yeah, be better than that. The terrible train tunnel. See, that was pretty good. That alliteration there. Mm. And so this part one aired on May tenth, nineteen ninety nine. The Conan's hint here is Northern Star. Which is not really a hint. It's just the name I'm of the train. The t- yeah, it's not the actual. Okay, it's not like a star in the north. I just the star, so I a don't star never comes up e- here. That's right. I don't go into these episodes knowing the hint for the first part, at least. So I thought you had. <laughs> I thought you had photographic memory. How do you not uh, remember? I read it at the end of each episode. Come on. <laughs> Maybe at that point I'm just not listening anymore, Tyler. I'm sorry. <laughs> Damn. So Kenan says, an ill omen case in a night train. The bell signifying the train start off chills your spine. Have you ever ridden a train at night, Colleen? Uh, yes. I've, uh, yeah, I guess I slept on a train, yeah. How long was this train ride? Oh, gosh. Uh, it was, <laughs> I don't know, like five six hours long maybe okay that's not that bad yeah but it was overnight so you could barely tell the time passed the episode begins with koguro ron and Conan on a train having been invited by natsue and takashi hatamoto who are from episodes 22 and 23 the luxury liner serial murder case did you remember these two no so this is part of the episodes that i didn't end up rewatching when i began my detective conan journey again so i'm uh anxiously awaiting to watch these again when we do uh the case closed review yeah so this one has uh some weird almost incest stuff in it oh okay <laughs> <laughs> oh goody all right yeah so lots to look forward to for you but uh these two are happily marriage and we get an update on them. They left the Hatamoto family, and they are now moving to Hokkaido. They show this photo <laughs> where Takeshi's just milking a single cow on the countryside, and it was just very random. I like. 
I'm gonna have to remember that visual when we rewatch the episode because I have a feeling they're trying to show like oh how they left all the fortune and riches behind and now they're living a much quieter simpler happy family life in the country it's just so odd because it doesn't look like they're on a farm or anything <laughs> like in a meadow yeah like where did this one random cow come from why are you milking it what are you doing to that cow Takeshi it's very worrying one cow is all they need because they're self-sustaining themselves I guess I guess that's it Kogoro then gloats and says that the only reason they can enjoy this luxury room on the North Star Express is due to the sleeping Kogoro, who by his own admission has solved all of the cases, which I'm not buying that. <laughs> I love the uh, Conan's sass in response to that. Wouldn't you be sassy with him? Um, I mean, I would probably do what Conan did, just like be sassy in my thoughts, but wouldn't actually say anything to Kogoro's face. Yeah, Kegura has apparently mentioned this seven times. Ron says she's hungry, and Kegura reveals that Natsue reserved and paid for their dinner in advance. Kegura exits his room to go to the dining car, and he bumps into a man wearing a mask who calls Kegura a moron and tells him to watch where he's going. He then realizes who Kegura is, and he puts his face mask back on and enters his room. We then learn that the man is Asama Yasuji, and he says, Damn! It's Mori Koguro. Nobody said he'd be there. Well, I mean, he's talking in Japanese. I don't know why I'm doing it on first name. <laughs> so I have no clue what he sounded like. But I mean, if this, this episode was ever dubbed, I'm sure that's what he would sound like. Koguro finishes his meal and remarks at, at how great it was. It was French cuisine. Colleen, do you have a favorite French dish? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's French. I like filet mignon. I mean, the name's French, but I don't know if the dish is... <laughs> Kegura is then interrupted by a jewelry store owner named Kaitaro Izumo, who's yelling at his employee, Toshinori Kaetsu, that he wasn't booked a royal room. Toshinori explains that the trip was decided upon late, and that was the best they could get. Kaitaro is angry to be in the same section as his employee, and says his wife considers it such a disgrace that she won't even leave a room. She sounds very dramatic. She sounds like a... I was going to say something and now I lost it. Uh, what's that expression? Ray of sunshine. Well, personally, she sounds like wife material to me. And my ideal... Is she rich? I don't It doesn't matter. Love sees no bounds. But like my ideal relationship in the future will be that my wife is so ashamed of me that she doesn't leave the house. Oh, okay. See... I think your standards have changed since the last time we talked about this, because I thought your number one attractive quality in a woman was her money. I mean, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> Toshinori says that's why he wanted to fly, and Kaitaro says that's enough, as he wanted to go via train. Now, I like train rides and all, but that seems odd that he was dead set on going on a train, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, depends, I guess, with the train. Like, I don't Some people, like the actual traveling part of a trip, so um, I don't blame him too much. Kaitara looks familiar to Koguro, who asks if they've met before. Toshinori says he probably saw his boss on television, as their jewelry store had an attempted robbery a few days ago. Koguro mentions that Kaitara dealt with the robbers himself, but the owner says he didn't do all that much as the burglar fled as soon as he pressed the alarm bell. 
Furuta City Mayor Akashige Ishizuchi interrupts and says that the would-be burglary was an advertisement for Kaitaru's election campaign. Toshinori says there's no truth to the rumor, and Karagura says a criminal was caught on the security camera, so it's likely not a publicity stunt. However, Akashige says that is exactly why it's so suspicious. Why would a tough burglar run away due to a simple alarm bell without taking anything? The culprit also said something weird while he was fleeing. He said, it's different from what we agreed upon. This sounds fishy, Colleen. Yep, they're setting us up for a whole convoluted case. Toshinori confirms that the criminal said that, and Conan says something like this has happened before. Kogoro is about to introduce himself as a famous detective, but a passenger named Toru Ioba, who kills his thunder and blurts out who he is. I really love this scene, because Kogoro was so excited to play the unfamous card. He was like, oh, you're that Kogoro fella, huh? Can I get a picture? Ioba is such a boss. He was my favorite character. <laughs> I like, I liked him immediately. A woman named Fumio Akechi then appears, and she says coincidence is scary. She then cancels her dinner reservation and says that this trip will be interesting. So what do you think about this woman? Did you think she was the killer? No, no. I knew who she was, so I remembered uh, parts of the case, and her identity was one of them. Wow, so, okay. Well, like, what, did you, like, where were you on a scale of remembering versus, like, totally not aware of, you know, who the uh, culprit was and who she was and... I didn't really remember anything, but I also saw Shinichi's parents on the preview for the next episode, so I kind of knew they would get involved, so I was kind of like, oh, that's probably his mom. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> but I don't think I would have noticed anything if they hadn't kind of ruined it in the preview. Right. I mean, they definitely, like, throughout the rest of the episode, the way that Conan speaks with her, it's kind of suspicious and makes you wonder if they don't know each other. Conan tells Kogoro that he remembers another case with a burglar not taking anything, and Kogoro tells him that maybe he was watching a movie that was similar. In his thoughts, Shinichi then says it wasn't a recent case, but one when he was a child. Ron points out that the train is passing through a tunnel, and this wakes up Kogoro, who bemoans that they're both still up at 4 a.m. These are really some night owls, huh? Oh yeah, especially Conan. Like He was just up until, what, 2 a.m. in the Star episode, and now he's up again? Well, you know, once your sleep schedule gets out of whack, you're just going to be staying up all the time. Oh, I believe that. And, I mean, it's not like Conan is worried about growing up or anything. Conan then remembers somebody saying, The gunshot and scream merged inside of a tunnel, and that kicks off, like, this interesting narrative device where he keeps getting these flashbacks of these phrases, these sentences, and it's read by, like, a narrator voice. And uh, what do you think about this whole narrative choice? I actually enjoyed it. I thought it gave a more ominous tone to the episode. Um, it really sort of upped up the uh, the danger for me. So, um, And it's something that I don't think I've seen before in Detective Conan. I don't know if we'll see it again, but I thought it was a unique touch. We then see Kaitaro look at his watch, and that's when the mask-wearing man appears behind him with a gun. We then see a smoking gun and Kaitaro dead, and that's when a woman screams. Conan says somebody was shot, and then he remembers somebody saying, As if he were an animal, he scoured the dark hallway. Conan struggles to remember where this is from, 
and that's when they see the mask-wearing man running past Kogoro's room. An employee yells out that the man is a murderer, and that's when he shoots several times into the room next to Kogoro, and then he fires at them, but misses. Conan recalls another voice saying, But he was not there anymore. And that's when Kogoro opens the room to find the man missing, and the window broken. That's when Conan remembers the case, and says it's like a fictional story that his father wrote. So, uh, this is very interesting. We're seeing a fictional crime being played out in, uh, well, it's not real life, because it's an anime, but, like, their real life, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, just what a mashup of concepts in this episode. It would have been enough if, you know, like, you could do three episodes all each on what they've just introduced here. So, you could do a case on a train, you can do a case of, like, being based off of a book that... Yusaku wrote and you can do one about like an old time burly but no we had to put it all into one episode and uh make it super complex but I don't know somehow it it all works out in the end well hey don't worry we've done a train in case before in Conan there's many more to come as well don't if, if you're like man we need more trains this series has you covered yeah next week <laughs> is there another train is it next week's next episode week? on a train as well or is it? It's like a I thought it was like city train. Unless I watched the wrong preview. Metropolitan Police Detective Love Story. Let's see where. Well, you know what? The previews oh, no. are wrong on a yeah. lot of these because that was going like to a different yeah. episode. Yeah, it was definitely the wrong preview. I think it was like a subway car. Oh, I'm so much Isn't more that excited. What it was? Or like one of those like street cars. Yeah, but it's like outside. Like the guy fell on the on the um on the train tracks or the yeah the tracks. Anyways, it, it was a detective Well, voice. you're not getting that. You're getting the love story. I'm happy with that. <laughs> oh, that's so much better. Okay. Hokkaido police members Inspector Nishimura and Detective Tamara then arrive. They learn that the culprit escaped from Kogoro. I gotta say, I really liked that. We, You know, we were talking about this uh, just a couple episodes ago about how, how generic the, like, some of the detectives mm -hmm. are that are only there. I don't think these guys ever return, but I really liked uh, Nishimura and Tamura. Like, Nishimura, he seemed actually competent, which was a nice surprise, and he kind of, like, called Kogoro on his shit once in a while. So I really I really enjoyed their uh, chemistry here, and they were fun characters, even if uh, I don't think they return. No, I, I, have, I thought the exact same thing about the generic officers, and it's just so uh, interesting to see the contrast between, you know, like, an anime original created um, police officer and uh, one from the an uh, from the manga, rather. Like, Nishimura was so good. He was gruff and grouchy, but super competent, like you just said. And <laughs> I don't know if it was just me, but Tamura was, like, a mashup of Takagi and Chiba. Like, even in his character design. That's all I could think about. So exciting. Apparently he reappears and I don't think it's in a huge role or anything, but in movie number eight, the magician of the silver sky, he's listed along with Tamura. So Nishimura and Tamura apparently return back for that. So they must go to Hokkaido at some point in that. Awesome. <laughs> oh, they do. So that's pretty exciting. We might get to see them again. We'll probably forget who they are by then, but, Right. Uh, yeah. No, our love for Nishimura and Tamura will never die. Nishimura actually recognizes Kogoro, and that's when Tamura says that he's cursed. They say everywhere he goes, the crime occurs. I love that scene, and Kogoro realizing he's being recognized for the wrong reasons. That's right. 
It's so it's so interesting to see how he's perceived in different regions of the country. He then realizes that Conan is missing, and we see Conan making a phone call, and Conan reveals that his father never published the story that Shinichi read as a kid, and he wonders why his dad isn't picking up his phone. Fumio then walks to the phone booth and is about to open the door when Ron arrives and takes Conan back. So what do you think about this scene? Did it seem suspicious? Well, I guess you knew who it was. Well, I thought it was suspicious. I wasn't. I, I still wasn't fully like, oh, that's his mom. But I was like, huh, I wonder what she wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I was just uh, paying more attention to, you know, how she was acting, I guess, and seeing if, because uh, we all know how uh, she likes to, you know, go back to her actress days and know impersonate different people ishimura learns that kogura didn't physically see the culprit go out of the window and he says it's odd that they left their gun while escaping he also remarks that there are still bullets left despite firing six shots and that he might have hid in another room kogura says that the criminal closed the door but ishimura says he might have used the lights being off to make it look like he went in since he was blinded by gunfire Cohen wonders why the door wasn't locked if he was inside and then wonders why this case resembles his father's story. They then decide to search every room nearby, and they encounter Kaitaro's wife, Azusa, for the very first time. She's unaware of any incident, and says she was asleep the entire time, and that's when the jewelry store manager also wakes up. Kikuro, like, very nonchalantly just says, uh, yeah, your husband's dead. <laughs> like, no care in the world. And that's when Nishimaru just like, uh, move aside, I need it in your room. <laughs> <laughs> like these two did such a poor job of delivering this crushing news to her. Oh, like they're the perfect, uh, like pairing, right? <laughs> they're so, like one is, they're both like really grouchy, but one is just like so deadpan, and then Kogoro is like, well, Kogoro's Kogoro. They find a briefcase with a shotgun in it, and the wife says that's her hobby. Toshinori's room is then inspected, and they find fishing gear in his bag. The next room is the victim's room, but nothing suspicious is found. Finally, Toru, the passenger that was a fan of Kogoro, has his room inspected. He has a bamboo sword that is broken, and he's fixing it since there's a kendo competition tomorrow. So did any of these stick out as suspicious for you, Colin? Um, not yet. And this is one of those uh, parts in a case that makes me laugh a little, because, of course, all of the suspects happen to have very long items with them so it's almost like they're trying to tell us okay it could be any of these people at this point the mayor then wakes up and asks what all this noise is about and nishimura barges into his room he finds a golf bag and the mayor threatens to call the police which causes nishimura to yell i'm the police you got a problem (laughs) he rolls he rolls so so much Nishimura fan club right here. He's like Suzu as one of those characters that really should have made a return more often. Yeah, super memorable. Maybe we will remember him by the time we do movie eight. Hopefully. A man then comes up to the police officer and mentions that he saw a suspicious woman earlier in the lobby car that was watching the victim the entire time. Fumio then arrives and asks if they mean her. She says she left the lobby to use the bathroom and she only noticed the man since she smelled his cigar. She then shows the inspector her room, and he's surprised that she only has a shoulder bag. She says that she's going to Hokkaido to ride horses, and Conan asks her if she has a collette, and if she cleans the burrow herself. Colleen, you're a horse person, right? 
No, <laughs> not to this state. Like, I didn't even, I was going to check. You know what any of this means? No, I was going to check what Boro is. And then Cohen later was like, that's not even a thing that you're supposed to have. So I didn't bother. <laughs> she answers yes to both questions and says she cleans the Boro if it's old, just like boots or gloves. So whatever the hell that means. I never figured it out. According to Google, Boro are a class of Japanese textiles that have been mended or patched together. The term is derived from the Japanese term Boro Boro, meaning something tattered or repaired. <laughs> okay. So there we go. <laughs> really helpful when the term's just the term twice. Yeah, it comes from Boro Boro. Oh, that makes it so much clearer. I see. For extra emphasis. <laughs> A policeman then announces that they found a man's body in the tunnel. It's the shooter who has a head wound and is now dead. Nishimura notices that he's wearing a fake mustache and a toupee, and it winds up the man is Asuma Yasuji, what? who was the jewelry store robber. Nishimura then says he used to be in a three-member gang, but one member died from a drug overdose and the other disappeared. Nishimura says since they have the culprit, they can start the train up again. The next morning, Fumio fails to make several calls on her cell phone, and Conan knocks on her door. He says her disguise is pretty good, but she isn't there for horseback riding. She asks what he is saying, and he calls her a moron. <laughs> he says she doesn't know how to ride a horse, and asks her to reveal her identity as the episode ends. So this is when I was like, oh, it must be his mom, because he wouldn't call just a normal woman a moron. That's something you call your mother, lovingly. Oh, wow. Well, if you're Shinichi, apparently, that's how you show affection. I uh, I really loved, I was so glad that the episode, or part one, ended that way. It's like keeping the woman's identity a mystery, and I don't know, it just, it's almost like a cliffhanger, because you're just like, okay, who is she? But um, yeah, I think it kept the energy up enough that you just wanted to watch that part too. Yeah, it was a really solid ending to the first part, and the next Conan's hint is Disguise, which doesn't... Well, I guess it is actually a good hint, because there's... At first, when I heard this hint, I was like, well, the mom's disguise, that's, we already know that, but there winds up being another disguise, so this is actually a good hint. Good on them. Yeah. Good on them. Better than the first hint. I like the North Star. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the end, uh, Conan says, next, the trip and the case both come to an end. And Ron says, those two are coming, Cunning Coon. Okay. Very foreboding, those two. Oh, you know what? Maybe uh, if, if we hadn't seen that first, that, like, preview for these episodes, maybe you'd think it was the Men in Black. You know, Jen and Vodka, those two. I would think that they were involved in this case. Oh, those two that Ron is referring to? Yeah, maybe. Ooh. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think we see them for another 100 episodes. Oh, God. Is it really that long? I, I don't know. I'm just throwing a number out there. I'm curious. Uh, we see them at 176. Oh, not too We're bad. not okay. too far away from it. We've got, what, like 30 episodes to go or something? 31 like episodes, yeah. Well, okay, Miss, I can do math. <laughs> Look at this no. girl. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sorry. So we move on to episode 145, the North Star number three express leaving UNO part two. It's originally oh aired May 17th, 1999. It's not an overly long title. It is. It's almost like, it's almost as good as, what was the one? The 7.30 p.m. noontime afternoon tea murder case. Like, they go so specific. It's like, what, are we going to get the North Star number two express leaving Hokkaido murder case? Like, 
you're never using this shit again, so just chill. Right. I mean, it's super important because we get an explanation that there were actually three Northern Star trains. Yes, very important. Right? So I guess it's important. <laughs> Kona introduces the episode by saying, there's a big surprise today. Those two will appear. There will be danger on the platform. <laughs> when you realize who those two are, this is just so comical. Fumio says that Conan has her, and it's revealed that it's Shinichi's mother, Yukiko. That was so quick. Yeah, they did not waste any time in revealing <laughs> no. who this was in episode two. Conan says that she can't fool her own son by altering her hairstyle and lipstick color. He asks why she's under a disguise, and she says, why can't I disguise myself? In Japan, I'm so famous. And Conan's <laughs> like, yeah, when's the last time you were famous? Like, 30 years ago? And she tells him to shut up. <laughs> I love their relationship. Yeah, it's very fun. Very fun exchanges from them the entire time. She then reveals that she's on the train because she read about the robbers saying strange things and not taking anything. She says that Yusaku confirmed that it's identical to the book he wrote, but didn't publish ten years ago with one exception. In the book, it was an antique store that was robbed rather than a jewelry store. They then called the jewelry store and asked if the owner planned on taking a long-distance journey via train. Because the antique store owner gets killed in a tunnel. Conan yells at her for not stopping the crime. and She defends herself, saying she didn't know it would happen while she went to the restroom. A girl's gotta go, after all. Yeah. And when you go- when nature calls, you gotta go. No, no time for stopping crimes around here. Conan says she should have discussed it with him. But Yukiko says he was with Ron the entire time. So that explains why she was going to him uh, while he's at making that call. She was probably gonna try to you know, talk to her son, but Ron came and ruined everything. Yep, as per usual, Ron. Go and hold a flashlight somewhere. <laughs> Yukiko shames her son after he insinuates the murder was her fault, and Conan then asks where his father is. She says he took the earlier Northern Star train, and that he should be in Sapporo by now. When they called the Joey story, they didn't say which of the three trains he'd ride, so they all took different trains. He got on train number one while she was on train number three. The last train, train number five, crossed the tunnel early in the morning, so they figured it would be safe. Very important information. <laughs> Couldn't they send a third person, like maybe a Gasa, just in case? No, no. They can't, they can't get anybody else involved. Come on, Colleen. That's right. We're all, they're trying to protect everybody, all the people. Conan yells at her for, oh, I'm just rereading the same paragraph. Never mind. Conan asks what the trick is, and Yukiko looks nervous. Conan then learns that his father forgot the trick, and that the manuscript was stolen after he had finished the first part of the story. That's very funny. Don't you know that two times is a charm, Boro Boro? What? Because <laughs> you were about to read the same paragraph twice. <laughs> okay, well, you, you should have said that then and not like after I'd <laughs> done several sentences later. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just thought of it now. <laughs> <laughs> Real helpful, thank you, Golly. Oh my god. Sorry, you were saying? <laughs> it turns out there were three robbers that stole it from a publishing firm employee as they stopped at a bank, and their leader was none other than Asama Yasuji. Conan finds it odd that the one that stole the novel was murdered in the way the story describes, and his mother agrees. Ron then finds Conan and asks what he's doing. He's about to say that he's talking to this Obasan, which is an older woman, when Yukiko pinches his back and says she was talking with her and Onisan. I really liked uh, <laughs> I liked this scene a whole lot. 
Oh, me too. And it's uh, sort of alluded to in part one when she uh, she's talking to him and referring to herself as sister, like older sister to him, and he replies as to her as Obasan. So you're just like, oh, okay, he doesn't regard her as you know as young as she thinks she is. Conan then goes with Ron to the lobby car where Koguro is going to put on a deduction show of his own. And uh, I was just expecting the worst here. I was expecting Kagero to just completely make a fool out of himself. What were you thinking here? Yeah, I was a little disappointed that we didn't get a bit of comedy here. Kagero kind of played it straight and serious. Yukiko tells her son that it looks like Kagero beat him to it, and he said it'd be good if Kagero is actually right for a change. Kagero tells the police that while the criminal is Asama Yusuji, his intentions differ. He says that Asama and Kaitaro were partners, and that the original plan as told to Asama was to have Kaitaro's store robbed on purpose so that they'd get insurance money, and then the jewelry would be returned back to the store owner. However, Kaitaro betrayed his partner and used the failed robbery to boost his popularity prior to the election. After Asama ran away, he called Kaitaro and told him to get on the Northern Star train and to give him the money that he was owed. Asama then shot Kaitaro, but he hit his head on the ground while escaping through the window and died as well. The wife confirms that her husband suddenly decided on a train trip rather than taking a plane after the robbery. So that lends some credence to that. What do you think about that, Colleen? The the, the victims maybe not so innocent. No, it, but it's it's not a surprise. Like he he felt like he was gonna fall into that category of um victims that actually did some shady stuff <laughs> victims the police wonder how the two met and Teru mentions that there were rumors that Kaitaro was dealing drugs in the black market his wife vehemently denies that and then the mayor says that a disgusting person shouldn't be the next mayor just wait until he learns out who the president is <laughs> i at this point that was thought- a justin just before anybody gets mad at me that was a justin trudeau reference because he did blackface Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't catch that. He's our prime minister. Oh, fuck. <laughs> okay. Maybe it was he thought, yes, that. Oh my gosh. I thought you were talking about somebody else. Well, yeah, I, I was talking about Trump, but I was, I was trying to make a funny point. It, it worked somehow. I laughed. Karen says that if this was an ordinary incident, then Kogoro's deduction would actually be correct. So, Kogoro, for once in his life, he actually has, like, the right line of thinking, but he's lacking this critical info that, like, really changes everything. So he's so close, Colleen. Yeah. I don't know how, like, Koguro, at this point, just sort of his existence in the episode dwindled. Like, okay, after the de- deduction show, I don't actually remember what, Ko- what Koguro did. Uh, he stood around. Stood around. Probably stood around with Ron. I'm sorry. As much as I like Ron and as much as I was praising her... In the case closed episode that we just reviewed, um, I don't know why she was in this episode. I know why she was there, but she didn't really do much. Well, here's the thing with Kogoro. After this deduction, they think the case is a wrap. Same with the police. They have no concerns in the world. They've captured the guy. He's already dead. There's nothing for them to do but, like, relax, finish this train ride. He's probably having drinks and eating some more French food, you know? Yep. Sounds like Kogoro to me. Kona remembers that this is his father's draft, so he asks the detective about the robber being in a three-person gang. 
The detective says that only Asama, who was the leader, and a dead woman are known. He guesses that the third person retired, and Conan believes one of the other passengers might be in the group. Do you have any guess to who the third member was right here? Um, uh, I'm embarrassed to say that I thought it was the the mayor, uh, whatever his name was, Aki something or other. Well, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from, because he's he's really thrown this other guy under the bus. It seemed like he had a grudge. Yeah, well, I thought it was going to be like, oh, I, I won't get rid of my competition for next candidacy or whatever. So I thought that was where it was going. But then when Conan was, you know, exploring the, the items a little bit more, then I realized, oh, okay, it's the person whose belonging makes the most sense to be part of this uh, this crime. Conan thinks about the equipment each person has and says the body of Asama could have been thrown away from the window prior to the murder of Kaitaro. Police then learn the time that Asama's body fell from the train and say it occurred at 4.10 a.m. That's the same time that Kogoro saw him. Conan is now stuck as it proves his deduction wrong. The police then mention that the broken pieces of the window are still missing and that the belt of Asama has strange stuff stuck to it that's similar to plastic tape. And this is when I... This is the dumbest thing I, I I had. I thought the guy disappeared behind like a I don't know mirrors, magic mirrors. I, was, I don't know. I thought he was using mirrors to like reflect a different image. And like oh, they thought they were looking down here, but it wasn't. I don't know. It was real fucking dumb. Well, that would have been fun. I think it was in a Mission Impossible film. That I remembered. <laughs> I was like, that was cool. Uh, not in Conan, no. Conan then runs into one of the rooms and says he's figured it out while looking at the door. <laughs> he's just looking at this door, and I was like, what the hell's he doing? But get on him, he's figured something out. Of course, they don't show it to us. Conan tells his mother that his dad used a really crappy method in the novel. Wow. Conan then remembers a line saying, A kid wearing black frame glasses smiled arrogantly because he was confident of his win. And we learn that his mother's excited to make fun of her husband for being the loser this time. Conan asks his mom if there was a young man with black framed glasses in the novel, and she says there was a boy that loves deductions that was overly confident. And that's when Conan airily remembers the line, on top of his amazing deduction, he didn't realize that his life will pay for the truth he discovered. So it uh, looks like Conan's gonna die here, Colleen. <laughs> yeah, this part was a little trippy, because it was like, okay, are we supposed to believe that Yusako wrote that Conan was going to be in this case before he knew that his... Or I guess maybe he wrote it because when Conan was... Or not Conan, but Shinichi was little, so maybe that's why. I don't know. I didn't think this part was necessary because it just kind of fizzles out after this, so I don't know. I really liked it. I really liked it because everything else that was said with the narration was coming true, so it really ups the stakes and makes it seem more dangerous. Uh, going for, forward in the rest of the episode, because everything else has been happened just like in the book, and now we learn that Conan, his own hubris, his own hubris, is going to cause his downfall, which makes sense to me. Okay. I can see that happen. Okay, I can appreciate that opinion, and I probably would have been on that bandwagon if they actually showed Conan more in danger. You know, the, like there was no follow through, really. Well, you know why? Because his mom, he winds up. Putting his mom in danger instead. He's yeah. Like, oh, yeah, you can die, mom. <laughs> Jeez. I'm going to stay safe. Son of the year right here. Yukiko tells her son that the boy in the novel didn't have any evidence, and that he wound up falling into his own trap that he set up. 
Kenan says the situation is similar, as he doesn't have any evidence either. I know the trick and the person who did it, says Conan, but I don't have any evidence to prove he's the one. He says the evidence is still in the culprit's baggage, and that it's impossible to have him show it when everybody believes Asama did it. Yukiko says she has a good idea, and she tells Conan to follow the storyline of the novel. Yukiko then tells the police that she saw something weird in front of Asama's room. She says it was something very strange and very long, but oh, she just forgot about it. She says she'll remember it soon, and she goes, right? Someone? <laughs> it's like the most obvious uh, like attempt of drawing somebody out. She, For an actress, she was her acting wasn't that great here. <laughs> well, she was famous, what was it, over 20 years? No, 20 years? No. Over 10 years ago? Whatever. Wow, you're uh, trying to make her really old. You're trying no. <laughs> to turn her into that Obasan. She, I guess, 17 years ago, yeah. She was really famous, so it's been a while. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> I'm going off of how old Shinichi is. It's kind of rude. What? <laughs> wow, you're calling her old. Am I? I didn't mean to. Oh, you said her life was over, over, and she's a, a Obasan. <laughs> yeah, that's exact. That sounds exactly like what I just said. Wow. Why don't, why don't you repeat what I just said so I can edit it in? <laughs> make, <laughs> make it actually seem like you said that. No, <laughs> I'm gonna say what I said. So you're not going to say that her life was over? How about you just repeat these words? Repeat after me, Colleen. Her life was over. Her acting career ended 17 years ago, so she's probably a little rusty. The Obasan is old <laughs> as dirt. Says Tyler. No, 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 no. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, the train then arrives on the platform, and she tells her son to follow closely, as the culprit will come after her. Conan agrees to shoot him with his watch if he comes close, and his mother leaves. And that's when Ron ruins the day again. She comes to fetch Conan, and he's like, ah, I forgot something on the train. He tells her to go back first, and that's when he runs off. But he's lost sight of his mother. How irresponsible. His mom's, like, gonna die because of him. Yep. I blame Ron. If Ron wasn't there, Conan could stick with his mom. Conan then finds her, but she's on the opposite platform of him. He then notices the killer behind her, and a train passes by, so a lot of panicking, a lot of really suspenseful moment here. Yukiko notices Conan and wonders why he's all the way over there, and that's when the killer walks up to her. Another line from the book is read, the criminal walked towards the young detective's back slowly, with his hands covered in blood. He pushed the innocent one down, and the platform was full of blood. What do you think about Yusaku's writing style? Would you read this? I was actually going to ask you that question. Um, mm, I don't. I don't know. I would probably give it a go, uh, but I might get a little it, like the overly dramatic writing might get a little tiresome. So it would depend on what what was in between. <laughs> would you read it? Yeah, sure. I can't judge anybody's writing. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'd read it. However, before he can push her, Yusaku appears and he grabs the killer's arm. Maybe it hasn't ended yet, but let's leave it at that. It's meaningless to continue now. What do you think about Isaku's cool guy entrance? Was that supposed to be cool? Was it not cool? It, this, the wrist grab was, but his lines were like, okay, let's just move along now. <laughs> Damn, so if he saved your life, you wouldn't be like, swooning? You'd be like, Ugh, come on, stop this. <sighs> Maybe, but if he said that, I'd be like, okay... <laughs> And you're a writer? 
Wow. Sorry, I didn't mean to sound so judgy. I know. Writing and speaking, very different abilities. Yeah, why do you think I'm so bad at this podcasting thing? Oh, no. You're good. You're fine. Yusaku says that he heard from Inspector Nishimura and that the criminal is Tishinori. So were you surprised to find out that it was the uh, jewelry store manager that worked with uh, the owner? Yeah, I was. At this point, I didn't even have another suspect. All I was hoping was that it wasn't Ioba. <laughs> I was like, no, he has to. He's best boy in this episode. He can't be the culprit. I will say, Toshinori, while he's like pretty active in the first episode, the first part, you don't really see him much in part two. Although the only person you really see in part two, like a decent amount of like the possible culprits was the mayor. So like, I get where you were coming from suspecting him. Yeah. So you weren't suspecting the wife? No, I, I believe woman. Oh, okay. <laughs> that is the opinion of the week, apparently. We'll see how you feel next week. Well, if a woman does it, then they're all Jezebels, you know what I mean? <laughs> Jezebels. Wow. What a dated term. How's that. that a dated term? It's used in wrestling almost weekly. Oh, is it? I don't watch wrestling. Yeah, there's, there's this old Texas announcer, and he's like, These damn Jezebel, damn her to hell. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, that, yeah, lovely. And I'm then, uh, I'm so pleased to hear that that is still used on a daily, semi-daily basis. I was, I was working my day job, writing about pro wrestling earlier, and this one female, she's called The Bunny, and she betrayed this one guy, and his tag team partner was like, this damn Jezebel Bunny, and I, was, I lost it. Oh dear. I thought it was so funny. So I'm I'm, I'm fully with uh, pro wrestling and bringing back the term Jezebel. There you go. Toshinori acts dumb and says that Asama is the killer. However, the Asama that people saw was actually Toshinori in disguise. Yusaku says it's easy to pretend someone whose face is covered, which is a very good advice during this pandemic. So, Colleen, if you're trying to frame me for a murder, this is your opportunity. You can pretend to be me. Nobody will see me. Because of the face covering. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, walking down the street, I'll be like, yeah, I'm Tyler Treese, not Canadian. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they'll notice the accent before, you know, that you're a female. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I can't do an impersonation of you quite yet. Yusaku decides to perform a deduction show of his own and says that Toshinori used his fishing equipment for the trick. He killed Asama in his room, then hooked a fishing line to the back of his trousers, then left it outside of the broken window and brought the ends into the room, where he tied one side to something outside and the other to the doorknob. The trick was set. He went into the dining room, killed Kaitaro, ran back to Asama's room, and shot the window. He then shot at Mori and ran up the stairs while they were blinded by the gunfire. He, got, he cut off one end of the fishing line, which caused Asama's body to fall out of the train. And then ran away, it created the illusion that Asama did it, and then tried to escape. As for why the door was closed, there's a hook on it. Toshinori had also stuck another fishing line with plastic tape at the back of the door and taped it at the hook. He then tied it up with the fishing line on the body so that when it fell, it would also shut the door. Uh, so, simple enough, right? <laughs> oh, totally. This is just your typical Detective Conan trick. Yeah, like, they had helpful diagrams on the anime, and I still understood none of this. <laughs> I was, like, I was hey. like, strings do stuff. I'm like, sure, yeah, why not? <laughs> hey, you were able to write notes off of this, so I'm impressed. Uh, there's evidence left over on the body's trousers. 
because there's a piece of tape on it, so that shows the trick was done. Don't you hate it when you have a piece of tape on your trousers? Oh, yeah. It's so bothersome. These damn Jezebel's wearing trousers. <laughs> and tape on the wood. Toshinori says anybody could have done this trick, and then Conan loudly announces that Toshinori's luggage has the clothes of the original suspect in it. He finds sunglasses and a hat inside as well. Yusaku then apologizes to Toshinori and says the weak point of this method is the impossibility to throw away the clothing, since if his luggage is checked, there's no way for him to walk away. So sorry, Yusaku's apologizing to him because, sorry, sorry, man, I gave you a bad idea. Well, he came up with it. <laughs> He's like, yeah, sorry, you're going to get caught. My trick kind of sucks. <laughs> sorry, bro. Toshinori admits that it was outrageous to follow the storyline of a novel. He says this is the unpublished work of his favorite author, so he believed it would work perfectly. Isaku says that his intention was revenge for the dead woman from the group of robbers. Kaitara was the drug dealer, and Asama allowed her to become an addict. The novel was unintentionally similar to his own story, so that's why Toshinori used it as a plan. He, he completely nails the motives to Toshinori. He's like, who exactly are you? And that's when Yusaku introduces himself as the author. He then tells Toshinori that if he understands his novel, then he hopes that he'll give himself up to the police because the ending of the novel is about the criminal who regretted what he did at the end and gave himself up to the police. Toshinori agrees and he bows his head in shame. What do you think about this uh, sappy ending? First off, did you have any clue about like the drug-addicted woman and stuff? Like This kind of seemed... Like, I know they did do some groundwork to it, but this seemed like it kind of just came out of nowhere. And uh, just what do you think about the whole, like, oh, I was Yusaku's biggest fan. <laughs> what do you think about this stuff? <laughs> um, Yeah, so I mentioned earlier about how I felt like they just plugged in all these random things into the episode. And I don't know, like, the groundwork was done, but it felt like so minimal and trickles, like... Sure, the the whole, like, drug subplot, I was like, oh, yeah, I remembered that. Like, I had to kind of keep reminding myself of it because I would be so focused on a different part of the case. So this whole part, um, I, I was okay with it. Like, I guess I was more interested in the initial uh, how he even got the, the manuscript and all that. Like, that story would be intriguing to me as well. Um, so yeah, there's just like the, so many backstory things that they introduced that, uh, I didn't feel fulfilled in getting, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was like one of those typical, like, oh, you should feel ashamed for what you've just done, but it's being delivered by Yusako instead of, Yusaku rather, uh, instead of, um, Conan or Kogoro sometimes. After the ending song, Shinichi's parents are at the airport preparing to leave. Kenan tells his dad that he solved all of his father's tricks. Yusaku then says it was a fake, a trap for the buyers, and he says that only the first half of the draft was complete, although the criminal thought it was finished. Yusaku reveals that there was a trick to get rid of the criminal's disguise as well, and that annoys Conan, and he says his father better not be making this up. So what do you think? Was he making it up, or uh, has he once again won up to some... Oh, I think he's making it up. <laughs> I think he's trying to grind Shinichi's gears by saying, oh, yeah, I had it all figured out. You just didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I like to think that, too. Yukiko fawns over her husband and says that Yusaku appeared at the most critical moment 
as if it was destiny. And that's when he kind of kills the vibe and he's like, uh, yeah, I was beside you for a whole two minutes. I was just waiting there. <laughs> you <laughs> never you noticed, to almost but... die. Yeah. And he says he wanted to know if the cr- person was a criminal or not. And he then makes what I assume was some form of a Japanese dad joke. And he says, after all, the trick happened in the Saiken tunnel. So I remained silent to view it. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to chalk that up to a pun of some sort. Yukiko then says, very cold. And Conan agrees because this is Hokkaido. But um, we never got we never got to see uh Conan and the rest of the family meeting up with the uh the lovely Natsue and Takeshi Hatamoto. That's that right. Me? I wanna know about that cow. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was hoping that'd be the, the ending scene, just them <laughs> hanging out with this cow. So what'd you think overall of this two parter and getting to see Conan's parents again? Yeah, I thought it was a real change of pace. Everything from, you know, it being on a train. Because usually when they're on a train it's like, okay, we're going from point A to point B and I think there are cases that happen on trains like later on that I remember more. So, um, but this one is just sort of like, has like a murder on the Orient Express vibe and the fact that we got to see Shinichi's parents again and they were part of the case, like even from outside of uh, like the Kogoro Ron nucleus, like they came in and they were like, oh, well, we heard about all this stuff. So we came to investigate as well. Uh, I thought it was interesting that Yusaku did sort of like the final reveal deduction show kind of thing. Um, So yeah, a lot of uh, different elements introduced here. Uh, Like I said, I thought it was really convoluted at points and you could have easily used any of these plot points to create just its own full episode. Um, But somehow it all merged together nicely and it felt satisfying for the most part like i said i would have enjoyed to have seen maybe some flashbacks or something like that but overall i thought it was a strong case enjoyable episode so i'm and i'm i'm super uh satisfied with some of the characters in this episode because usually like the new characters they're whatever but i really enjoyed ioba uh detective nishinura was great so yeah they had some nice uh guest appearing characters in this one yeah i agree uh you know even though there were some weak parts to the overall story and like you said it does get very convoluted especially with the trick and all that string where it was just there's sometimes like conan's best when you just kind of like don't think too much about it and you're just like yeah sure whatever Uh, but I, i don't feel like the trick was the real star of this anyhow I think it was more of a character episode. The interactions between uh, Shinichi and his parents were just fantastic throughout the entire time. All the attitude he gives Yukiko, and then him trying to one-up his dad. And you figure out the whole case is him, you know, the whole case is him trying to figure out what his dad was thinking and trying to get into that mindset, which is really fun. And, you know, I really thought the characters rolled Nishimura and Tamura. We'll see you in movie eight. Very excited <laughs> to see them again. That is cool that they didn't forget about them. Uh, like as like a one-off like detective duo, they were really good and a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, I thought this was a really fun case. Uh, and there's also it's uh, uh, also I did want to mention one of the first anime original episodes, the Detective Boy Survival Case, also talks about a stolen manuscript. 
So I, I don't think they're actually connected because we do see it at the end of that episode and it's like kind of dedicated to Shinichi. Um, but I thought that was kind of neat how there was that, not really a connection, but similarities in the cases. So how many manuscripts is this dude losing? Yeah, that's right. And yet he's still like super famous and he's published however many books. Yeah, I guess when you've written like 40 novels, you can just leave one or two like laying about. Right. No big deal. Who cares? But then yeah. you pay for it 10 years later. <laughs> yeah, then you got to clean up your own mess. But yeah, I thought that was a really novel way of bringing his parents back into the show. We don't get to see them a ton, so I always like whenever they do make their random appearance. And I like that they rarely ever announce it. They just randomly show up, and they love to play tricks on Shinichi and kind of surprise him. So I, I always find them such a, a nice, enjoyable duo when when they do appear. And I've talked about this before, but I love that there's so many types of like special episodes spread throughout Conan. You know, like, while the Black organization stuff is, like, few and far between. You know, there's the Kaido Kid episodes, there's the Hattori episodes. Next week we'll be introduced to another one, the, like, police-centric episodes, the police love stories. There's the, like, parents episodes. Uh, There's the Detective Boys episode. You know, the locked room murders. There's, like, all these different types of episodes that whenever you see it, you're kind of like, oh, that's a pleasant surprise. Because not only are they sort of familiar, but they also offer different enough uh, experience from the -the run-of-the-mill murder. And I feel like they sprinkle them in throughout each season just just enough to where it never gets monotonous, like from case to case. And uh, that variety really helps the show, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. And it puts you in like a different frame of mind for each one. Like you kind of know going into it what to expect from a locker room murder case. You know what to expect from a Hattori episode. And when it delivers, it's so satisfying. Yeah, Hattori's Hattori's gonna get injured. That's what you can expect from that. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So I'm excited for next week because, like you said, this is the beginning of a whole series of these episodes that have, like, the same name. And, yeah, they're all really fun, I think. Yeah, so the hint for next week is the exercise bike. And on our next podcast, we will cover the Metropolitan Police Detective Love Story Part 1 and 2. If you're a Patreon subscriber or... Monday release will be Case Closed episode 2. So that's where you've got the dog. It's Conan. Conan creates the name Conan Edogawa. Uh, so a lot of fun stuff there. You'll get to see Jimmy like finding a way to get Richard Moore to let him in the house <laughs> and live with him. We get so. a kidnapping. Uh, and a lot of firsts. I think there's a part where you list off like this is the first episode in which this happens. Yeah, a lot of a lot of junk. And yeah, you were mentioning that there's a lot of these love stories. In fact, so there's at least 9 of these love stories throughout the series. Okay. But yeah, so exciting stuff coming up. Once again, thank you to everybody that has uh subscribed to the Patreon. Uh we've been having a lot of fun interacting with people on the Discord already. It's only been 2 days. We've had some fun conversations about anime and even Colleen's uh, bringing her Canadian sass in there and delivering some daggers once in a while. Only to you, Tyler, though. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be nice to our patrons. <laughs> yeah, she's nice to everybody but me. But uh, that's what people love. So, yeah, I want to thank everybody for that. It's been uh, real nice to see that support. And we're excited about doing more coverage, Kaido Kid podcasting, Magic Kaito. 
So a lot of stuff to look forward to uh, this coming month. So that'll do it for this episode. We'll see you later. Bye. Thanks for listening. And remember, one truth always prevails.